0: Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Peoria, Illinois, earned a BS in finance from Western Illinois University. In 1983, he began his 40-plus-year career in financial planning services. From 87 to 2021, he held various senior-level leadership positions with Franklin Templeton Investments, ultimately becoming an executive vice president, head of national sales. And since 2021, he's been the director of strategic planning for Ave Maria Mutual Funds. His name, Bob Geppner. And I'm Jack Rosula. And this is Anything is Possible on 760-WJR. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Bob Geppner. Since 2021, he's been the Director of Strategic Planning for Ave Maria Mutual Funds. Bob, welcome. An honor to have you.
1: Well, thank you, Jack. It's great to be here. Really appreciate it.
0: Can we start this evening With you lead us in an opening prayer, please?
1: I would love to. This is a prayer from St. Thomas Aquinas. Dear Lord, grant me a mind to know you, a heart to seek you, wisdom to find you, conduct pleasing to you, faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Amen.
0: Boy, all you guys from Peoria, Illinois, you know you, 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 Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, special. Thank you. Can we start by talking about your childhood in Peoria and your mom and your dad?
1: Sure. Uh, having grown up in, in, in middle America, I, I think you might remember the, the phrase, will it play in Peoria, um, which Peoria was a test market for many, new products that were coming out, and uh, uh, particularly in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Uh, But grew up in Peoria, um, went to Catholic grade school and high school. Uh, My parents met in Peoria, and I'm the youngest of five uh, in my family.
0: What's the biggest thing you learned from your mom, and what's the biggest thing you learned from your dad?
1: Well, thank you, Jack. First, from my mom. you know treat everyone as you would want to be treated be kind and loving one of the greatest things i learned from my dad was all around persistence and
0: determination two of the most famous people to ever come out of peoria are bob gepner and a bishop fulton j sheen ah uh, tell us about Bishop Fulton J. Sheen.
1: What a story! Fulton Sheen was his his nickname was the Communicator. Um, was born in 1895. In 1919, was ordained as a priest at St. Mary's Cathedral in Peoria. Um, in 1930, started on the radio saw radio as a medium to to reach people, and in 1950, got his break to start on TV. He began a TV show called Life is Worth Living, and it grew on, on every Tuesday night to a viewership of 30 million people. Bishop Fulton Sheen was an amazing speaker, and he was able to reach and connect many to Catholicism. Um, I, I'm i just, I feel so fortunate that I went to the same high schools he did at Spaulding Institute in Peoria, Illinois. And my wife Angie and I were married at St. Mary's Cathedral where Bishop
0: Fulton Sheen was ordained. He's now referred to as Venerable Toward the Path to Sainthood. Um, that TV show, Mom and Dad watched that religiously he had the little angel you know that would clean the board etc he and billy graham bob were really the two original televangelist and um he's often referred to as the first televangelist spectacular human being all right you are a salesman where did you get your love for sales
1: Gosh, that's a, that's a wonderful question, Jack. I, I, um, I see sales as a, I see sales people as having the ability to solve problems for clients and coming out of college, um, in my first role as an account executive at at EF Hutton, um, I was able to combine that sales um, passion, if you will, with a love for the stock market. And and I, so I felt like one of the luckiest people on the planet. Um, but I truly believe the best salespeople are really out to help clients solve problems.
0: You mentioned you went to work for EF Hutton. That was from 83 to 87 you were an account executive, and boy, back in the late 70s and early 80s, those commercials, you know, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. There was one about a teacher with kindergarten kids in the class, and she asked, can anybody recite the alphabet? All right, children, who's going to be the first one to recite the alphabet? How about you, Ann? A, B, C, D, E, F, E, F, E, F, Hutton. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. That was a masterful, brilliant marketing. Tell us a little bit about the man E.F. Hutton, if you would.
1: Edward Francis Hutton. If you go back and look at, at history, Edward Francis Hutton... Actually, was one of the early pioneers of communicating from the West Coast to the East Coast in regards to stock market quotes and getting information to investors. Um, You know, he he started a wonderful firm, um, had a great culture, and I was happy and and proud to have E.F. Hutton be my first uh, my first role out of college.
0: When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. We're talking to Bob Geppner. The question is, when Bob Geppner talks, does Angie listen? Really, it is, when Angie talks, Mr. Geppner listens. And I'm Jack Russell, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJY. This is Anything Is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Krasula, and we're with Bob Gepner, a pioneer in the field of mutual funds. Talk about the evolution, the history of mutual funds.
1: Mutual funds today play an incredibly important role in helping people retire, sending their children to college, saving money on taxes, but they've been around a long time. Um... I I feel like the sun, the moon, and the stars were lined up for me as I graduated from college in 1983. Um, Mutual funds were still relatively small, even though they had been around for 50 or 60 years. As financial assets began to move a bit out of the bank, where most people had their money back then, um, mutual funds were there to help the investor. They were there to increase returns. They were there to increase income for an investor who might need monthly income during retirement. You know, one of the keys, Jack, (laughs) were the baby boomers were beginning to age, and they had assets, financial assets, that they wanted to work a little harder for them. And mutual funds give you professional management, they give you diversification, and they give you... A professional that can look over the portfolio and make sure that it does what it's supposed to do for you. In
0: 1987, you went to work for Franklin Mutual Funds, which was started in 47 by Rupert Johnson Sr. Um, t- and you had a 34-year career with them. Talk about that chapter.
1: How lucky am I? It was, uh, uh, I, I, I was able to hold a, a number of Positions, um, really all all in sales. You know the the term in the mutual fund industry is wholesaler. A wholesaler um, is is an individual who works with uh, financial advisors to educate them on, in this case, Franklin mutual funds, but also to educate them on on uh, on real big trends and topics in the industry. And uh, I held various wholesaling positions. I ended up than taking on a leadership role. Um, but 34 years goes very quick, I, I will tell you. And, and our company grew. It was just a, uh, uh, I feel so fortunate to, uh, to have been able to work with such a, a talented group of people and a great company.
0: Speaking of fortunate, in 1992, Franklin bought a company entitled the Templeton Funds, led by the uh, iconic john templeton let's first talk about that marriage between franklin and templeton
1: well it, it was a wonderful fit for the two companies it, it it was a marriage um franklin had been very very successful um in managing a large pool of of fixed income assets bonds sir john templeton um one of the first global investors, a real pioneer in global investing, mainly, um, when you looked at his asset base, um, managed equities. So the marriage of putting together two great companies with fixed income expertise and global equity expertise really produced, a, again, a fantastic fit, and uh, we were off to the races
0: money magazine named sir john templeton argue, quote arguably the greatest global stock picker of the century in 1999 and we're talking to sir bob gipner today so a quote if you would from sir john templeton an investor who has all the answers doesn't even understand the questions more importantly i would argue then his stock-picking prowess was his faith in God and also his philanthropic. Um, here's a quote, another quote from Sir John Templeton. I'm no wizard, and God is not my personal stockbroker. But I do believe in the power of prayer, and I put my trust in God and common sense. That's one of your favorites. Why? We
1: used to add a a little phrase to that to to say, and at Templeton, we always pray before we buy our stocks, not after. (laughs) Uh, I just think uh, paying gratitude in prayer helps clear your mind and it helps you pick better stocks.
0: (laughs) For 34 years, you were with a fabulous company and now since 2021, you're with another phenomenal company. One led by Sir John Templeton, now another one led by George Schwartz. We'll talk about that later. With two great cultures, Bob, you as a leader in both, how does one propagate a culture throughout the entire team?
1: I think first and most importantly, Jack, you know, culture is derived from great leadership leaders that have vision, commitment, honesty, and also those leaders that care about their team. They they care about their employees. They care about their customers. One of the things I did learn from, again, being fortunate enough to work in the investment industry for a long time is that culture is just not something you can talk about and talk about at the beginning of the year and then put in your annual report at the end of the year. Culture is built every day.
0: Roy Roberts was on this show a number of years ago, you know, the highest ranking African-American in the history of the big three. And he said, culture will eat strategy every breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, all right, back to Sir John Templeton as a philanthropist. He personally gave away more than a billion dollars. What did we learn from him about giving back?
1: Sir John um, talked about uh, starting what he eventually called the Templeton Prize for the Advancement of Religion. And as he looked around, he said, you know, we have the Nobel Prize for science and mathematics and other areas. But he said, I, I don't see anything for the advancement of religion. And so he started the, the Templeton Prize. And, you know, just that that vision, that commitment really Permeated the the organization. Um, and
0: people people love to work there. On Tuesday, July 13th, 2021, there was a an announcement, mutualfundwire.com. And this was the headline. After 34 years with Franklin, a senior executive joins a faith-based shop. When we come back, we're gonna ask why. That senior executive Bob Gepner left Franklin Templeton and joined the Ave Maria Mutual Funds. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is anything is possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Grasula. We're with Bob Gepner. And in July of 2021, he joined Ave Maria Mutual Funds as the director of strategic planning. Bob, how did Mr. George Schwartz convince you to come?
1: You know, I had met and, and known George prior to, um, to mid-2021, and I trusted him and respected him. Number one. Number 2, I believe in the mission of Ave Maria Mutual Funds. I believe in what we do. I believe in being a, a pro-life and pro-family investment manager. Number 3, I love the investment world. I I love the stock market. I wanted to stay active as well, Jack. That would be the third reason.
0: Or right, do you hear a lot about SRI, socially responsible investing today. What what is SRI?
1: SRI, uh, as you said, socially responsible investing, aims to generate social change and financial returns at the same time. So it might be uh, investing in alternative energy, for example, Um, solar, um, electric, Uh, the whole EV uh, explosion that's happened um, or other social issues that an investor might be passionate about.
0: All right. There's another MRI, not the machine that we can go in to check out ourselves. What is MRI?
1: Well, that's what we do at Ave Maria. MRI stands for morally responsible investing. Also, could be called values-based investing. It very simply aligns a portfolio with the personal values of an investor by excluding certain investments. MRI might screen out companies that conflict with moral values, such as abortion, embryonic stem cell research, pornography, MRI is pro-life, and pro-family, Jack.
0: How? All right, you say we screen for abortion, embryonic stem cell, Planned Parenthood, pornography. But how do you actually vet or screen these potential companies?
1: We look at a universe of, let's say, 3,000 securities. Let's take the Russell 3000 as an example. And as the screens are run... And the screens are there to eliminate companies, as you said, that are in the abortion universe, anything to do with pornography, embryonic stem cell research, or those companies that make corporate contributions to to Planned Parenthood. Um, When the screens are run, there still is a very healthy number of companies to to be able to invest in. Let's go back to that 3,000 number. Give or take... um, after running the screens, they eliminate about five percent of the of the companies or stocks. Um, so about 150 names out of 3,000. So you still have a very healthy universe to pick great companies and to produce great returns for investors.
0: We mentioned George Schwartz, chairman, CEO. Tell us about Sir George Schwartz. <laughs>
1: George Schwartz is a loving family man. He's got a wonderful family. He began as an investor roughly 40 years ago. So George has an awful lot of experience in, in, in this industry. But in 2001, roughly 22 years ago, he launched the Ave Maria Mutual Funds. He places emphasis on both security selection and moral criteria as we've stated already. He's got a group of professional portfolio managers and analysts which average over 20 years of investment experience. He also put together at the beginning a Catholic advisory board which advises which companies should be excluded from our mutual funds because of those moral reasons that I stated. The individuals that make up that Catholic advisory board would be a group of bishops, priests, academics, and a few pretty famous Catholic investors.
0: How, Bob, do you get your word out to these thousands of investment funds?
1: That's a really good question. Um, And and Jack, it is all about education because many investors do not know that they can invest in a pro-life and pro-family way. Let's talk some stats. There are 72 million Catholics in the United States. Now I know they're not all of the age to be an investor, but that is an enormous um, population and pool of potential investors that need to become aware of of Catholic investing. So how do we get the word out? Um, You provide educational content, you advertise, you're on Catholic radio. We also work with a large, large number of financial intermediaries, financial advisors, if you will, who can help educate and ask those important questions to investors. I'll give an example of a question they might ask. Mr. And Mrs. Investor, in order for me to construct a portfolio for you, Jack, it's important that I understand your core beliefs, It's important that I understand things that you're passionate about. And religion certainly might be one of them. So, in a long-winded answer, Jack, it's all about education.
0: All right, with all due respect, I think the world of you. But there's just no way, performance-wise, Ave Maria funds can compete. It's like, it's akin to you fighting with one hand one arm tied behind your back
1: i like you too jack um but let let, let's go back to um the statistics that i did throw out earlier when we when we look at the russell 3000 in the u.s and the screens that are run and then eliminates give or take 150 names that still again allows us to do the work and find great companies at reasonable prices to invest for the long-term. And I, I, would, I would have you look—I uh, don't like to talk about short-term performance. I would have you look at the medium- to long-term performance of the Ave Maria lineup, and you will find us to be extremely, extremely competitive. You know, there's, there's an old saying, so you really can still do good with your investments— do good with your investments while doing good to align your morals with those investments.
0: You actually have six no-load mutual funds, what we'll talk about in a bit. But if there's a skeptic out there that says, Bob, Jack, I separate my beliefs from my pocketbook. You can be successful and also keep your beliefs. We're talking to Bob Gepner. If you want to learn more ww.Ave Maria, Ave Maria funds.com. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is anything is possible on 760 WJ. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, Anything is possible. possible. 15 of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life and Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says... Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Bob Geppner, Director of Strategic Planning for Ave Maria Mutual Funds. They have six no-load funds, the Rising Dividend Fund, the Growth Fund, the Value Fund, World Equity Fund, Focus Fund, and the Bond Fund. Bob, who owns the Ave Maria Mutual Funds?
1: Very interesting question, Jack. When you when you look back over the last 22 years, um, and you begin to look at the shareholders that own the um, the strategies, we have a wonderful collection of both institutional shareholders and retail shareholders. And what do I mean by institutional? Institutional would be Catholic charities, Catholic foundations, dioceses, archdioceses around the country that want to make sure. That their investment portfolio is managed in a in a pro-life and pro-family manner, so it's a it's a nice mix of institutional and retail.
0: What do you mean by retail?
1: Retail would be part of that seventy-two million Catholic investors or Catholics that are that are in the U.S. and you know for a small amount of money um, they can get started at at Ave Maria. Um, so retail would be. The public, the investing public, and they might join Ave Maria directly because they've heard of of our company, or they may uh, invest with a financial advisor. If you want to
0: learn more, www.avemariafunds.com. Bob, today you hear so much about ESG and values-based investing. Why so?
1: Really good question, Jack. And and you you do. You do you do hear an awful lot about um, ESG values based investing, SRI, MRI. You know, let let's analyze what I think is a really important reason. Number one. Investors have increased interest in what's inside their portfolio. You know, it used to be just want great returns. I don't care how I get them. But today, investors are saying, you know, what, what's inside the portfolio? What's driving the returns that I'm getting on, on my money? And once you do that, you begin to deeply analyze certain companies and you begin to see, do they follow my morals? Do they follow my passion? Um, do I still want to own them? That's, that's number one. Number two, the statistics I threw out about 72 million Catholics and, and again, education around uh, a Catholic can, can own a, a pro-life and pro-family investment approach. I think investors today want to align their portfolios more with their values than they did years and years ago. I, I think to point number one, they wanna know what's inside the portfolio. And number two, they say to themselves, does that align with what I believe? Does that align with the portfolio? Third reason, I just think there's increased media attention and better education on different types of investment vehicles today.
0: Let's talk about your personal side and values. Since 2020, you and five other men have had a weekly prayer group. What do you talk about? And why do you keep doing it?
1: Number one, I hope we keep doing it forever. Um, we really enjoy it. Um, what do we talk about? Uh, wide range of, of of issues. I would say family first. Family and and how our children, how our parents, um, how our spouse, um, and the interactions that we have with them related to our faith. But just to give you an example of some of the things that we do at the prayer group, uh, we pray the rosary, and we take turns doing that on a weekly basis. We then picked a number of topics that we that we thought were interesting, that the group agreed that they might not have had as much knowledge about and we wanted to learn about. Um, we read the, the Consecration of St. Joseph, the book that was put out several years ago, which was phenomenal. And we took turns analyzing chapters and what it meant to us and how uh, how St. Joseph lived his life. We did a deep dive on, on Mary, on Mother Mary. Um, that was Phenomenal. We also did an in-depth study of the saints historically to learn their characteristics, um, and I I would I would add to that the saints and what are called the pivotal players in the in Catholicism historically. Um, in fact, there was a whole section on on Fulton Sheen, and that allowed me to learn more about. Uh, about this great man but pivotal players historically i i guess i'm talking about from chesterton to thomas aquinas to flannery o'connor uh bishop sheen so um we we pick big topics um, and i i would i would close by saying for almost all of the of the wednesday sessions um, they we were involved with with Bishop Robert Barron, who um, has an organization called Word on, on Fire. Jack, you, you're aware of it, uh, very much, and and uh, he just puts out great content, great videos that that educate and are are stimulating for
0: conversation. Yes, this Word on Fire, is uh, 3.6 million people a day get his daily reflection, and for the first 10 years of his life, he and his family lived in Troy. At Adams and Big Beaver. Um, He is the modern day Bishop Fulton J. Sheen in America. Amen. All right. Another great man is part of your prayer group, Tim Patton, and his wife Shan started Arbor Woman. What is it? Arbor
1: Woman is simply an amazing pregnancy help organization. I'd like to read you their, their brief mission statement. At Arbor Woman, our focus is on you and your future. We are here to empower you with the information and testing you need to move forward in the right direction. When I think of Arbor Woman, I am so confident that their focus is on you and your future.
0: Bob Gepner. What would your current self tell your 20-year-old self?
1: You know what first comes to, to mind, Jack, is you think about all the mistakes you made <laughs> and all the ones you hopefully could, could correct. But um, I'll give you three that come to mind. N- number one, always, always put faith, family, and friends at the top. Always. Always with faith being first. Number two, think long-term. It's something that I I learned repeatedly in the investment business, that short-term occurrences, whether they're in the stock market or in life, um, think long-term, that's what's important, not short-term fluctuations. And number three, Be grateful every day for all the gifts God has given to yourself and to your family.
0: And if there was a fourth, it would be Mary Angie. (laughs) Speaking of which, what's the biggest thing she's taught you?
1: Marrying my wife Angie was the best decision that I made. Uh, No question about it. Um, And her commitment and passion for family is inspiring.
0: And I love that about her. As our time winds down together this evening, final question, what advice would you give to the young listeners tonight?
1: Jack, when I think about some of the lessons that I've learned and been fortunate enough to learn over a 40 year period of time, one that comes to mind right away is pay yourself first when it comes to investing. Make sure as you do your budgeting process to allocate some dollars, some capital to invest every month has to be done. And that investing could be in the form of a 401k plan, an IRA, um, or just uh, straight into a mutual fund that will give you... The numbers are amazing if you if you put dollars away each month, starting when you get your first job. The next would be think long term. Don't read the headlines every day, uh, but invest long-term and good quality investments, and you will be able to retire with dignity and help your family. And number three, knowing today that you can align your portfolio with your morals.
0: Bob Gepner, when you were a kid, you did play in Peoria, but your life and how you live it can play anywhere in America. Thank you. Thank you. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Tussula. Thanks for listening, and make it a great week, because with God, Anything is possible. Spock.